guys, welcome back to Flick Talk with your hosts Fee and Belle. I'm Fee. And I'm Belle. And today you are joining us for Monster in Law. So hopefully you've watched the movie and you can join in on the discussion in the comments. Let us know your thoughts. Even if you haven't. I mean, this is quite a... <laughs> I feel like everyone will know what the what it means, basically. Um, yeah. It's quite yeah. an easy watch. Um, mm-hmm. Although some might argue it's not an easy watch. Um, AKA <laughs> critics. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so I'm going to get us the ball rolling. Um, yeah. Um, so yeah, this is a little synopsis of Monster-in-Law 2005. J.O. Jane Fonda. Um, okay, here we go. After years of looking for Mr. Right, Charlotte Charlie Cantalini, didn't know that was her name, finally finds the man of her dreams, Kevin Fields, only to discover that his mother, Viola, is the woman of her nightmares. A recently fired news anchor who is afraid she will lose her son by the way she has just lost her career. Viola determines to scare off her son's new fiancé by becoming the worst mother-in-law to... While Viola's longtime assistant Ruby does her best to help Viola execute her crazy schemes, Charlie decides to fight back and the gloves come off as the women battle it out to see who is the alpha female. I mean, it's pretty mm-hmm. bang on. Yeah. Um, so, Belle, what did you. What are your first impressions of this beloved movie? My impressions. I have mixed feelings about this. Um, I like the fact that it was very lighthearted, very easy to watch. But at the same time, it felt like one of those movies you have in the background when you're doing something. It's just like background noise. Just, yeah, if you want the TV on just to have something, some sound in like the room. But like an um, easy watch, yeah. Yeah, very easy watch. So, um, in that aspect, I think I think that's a bad, a good thing and a bad thing, mm-hmm. because it's easy to watch. But at the same time, it's like, like there's nothing really gripped me. Like I didn't really think, oh, this is a good movie. Like I don't, I I don't think I even remember half the scenes. I don't think I remember the first half. Yeah. yeah, no, it's not very memorable. It doesn't really mm-hmm. stick with you. Yeah, but what were your thoughts I mean I'd agree with you I think mm. um, yeah it wasn't that good yeah. honestly that is just literally my um, I don't know we're we're having a quite a weird month where all the movies that we've watched <laughs> are not that good they're not great um, no they have no. yeah exactly and I think it's like I don't think we've rated anything above a two Mm-mm. or like even a one <laughs> Wow, it wasn't on purpose, guys. We're turning into the critics. <laughs> we are turning into the critics, but next month will be will be much better. I can assure you. Um, so I'm as always going to take you behind the scenes a little bit. Um, so Monster in Law was obviously is obviously a rom com and was shot in 2005. Um, it is directed by Robert Luketic, fun name and. Yeah, the first one. First one? First one. Um, 21, um, Paranoia, Killers with Ashton Kutcher and Kathleen Heigl. Another Grey's Anatomy shot, so go on, I'll take it. Um, 
and the ugly truth with also Katherine Heigl and um, Gerard Butler. Mm. What's that guy's name? P.S. I love you, Gerard Butler. There you go. Um, he also directed The Wedding Year, um, which I don't know if anyone's seen it, but I think it was okay. It wasn't that bad. Um, but yeah, so mm. you kind of get the sense of his film- filmography. <laughs> um, that was not a diss. Um, so it was produced by Chris uh, Bender, who is notoriously known as co-producing the American Pie film series, which are hilarious. Um, it was produced by J.C. Spink and Paula Weinstein. <laughs> I don't think she's disclaimer Weinstein, but we don't know. Uh, <laughs> disclaimer, we don't know. Um, it's written by Anya Kochoff. Um, doesn't really. There's nothing else on the internet about what she's written, um, which is always fun. And yeah, I think that's about. Um, so it was shot by uh, Russell Carpenter, who um, is a famous, obviously, American cinemata- cinematographer and photographer who won the Oscar for shooting, drumroll, the Titanic, which is another one I haven't watched. You've never seen the Titanic? I don't know. I've skillfully always avoided it. I don't know why. Fee, you need to watch the Titanic. Everyone says that, but like, I don't know if I do. At least once. At least once. It's like, it's like a bit I've like Grease. Like, I feel like you should watch Grease once. I love Grease. Grease yeah. was a good one. See, I don't know if I'll like Leo DiCaprio in the Titanic. Why not? He's one of I my just, favorite actors, just... guys. Anyways, this isn't the Leo DiCaprio podcast. No, no, we're digressing. Uh, we digress. Um, so it's distributed by Warner Bros. and New Line Cinema. Um, it was released on May 13th. Um, and shockingly, <laughs> it was set on a budget of $43 million. That's not the shocking part. Um, but it made a box office of drum roll ladies and gents 154.7 million dollars that is crazy okay i mean clearly people do not have anything better to do um no. i mean the thing is i feel like it's the j-lo appeal i, I think it's like the j-lo effect yeah when you put an artist yeah you put an artist in a movie it really it pushes it to sell that much more oh for I sure think. Yeah. Listen, I love J Lo as much as the next person, if not more. If you if you heard our Made in Manhattan podcast episode, <laughs> you know I love J Lo, so don't even get it twisted. Um, but yeah, I think it is the J Lo effect um, because I'll tell you because of the fact that I have later on. So, oh okay, remember it. Belle, okay, J Lo effect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go down the cast list. We obviously have the iconic. A feminist hero, I would say, a political activist, Mrs. Jane Fonda. Sorry, it's Ms., not Mrs. Um, obviously, Jane Fonda is a Hollywood icon. Um, I know her from <laughs> Nine to Five with Dolly Parton and Lily Tomlin, as other things. Um, and yeah, she's just an icon. So she obviously, as we know, plays Viola Fields. Um, J-Lo as Charlotte Charlie Cantalini um, Michael Vart- Vartan who I 
I don't, I don't even know him. I don't yeah. know if this is a 2000s thing, but I really did not know him. Um, but I think he's in like, he's not in Law and Order. I'm gonna get this really wrong. He's in, he's in like something really. Oh, okay. Famous. I mean, I don't recognize him. Oh, he's in Never Been Kissed. Never Been Kissed? Is that Drew Barrymore? He's in Never Been Kissed with... Ah. Yeah, with Drew Barrymore. Um, I don't know if she's the main person in it. I mean, we'll we'll have exactly. to wait for that episode. Stay tuned, guys. <laughs> um, stay tuned, guys. We have, again, the funniest person. I love her. She's like the greatest addition to any movie that she's in. Mm-hmm. Wanda Sykes as Ruby. Um, we have Adam Scott, who obviously I love because he's mm-hmm. Ben from Parks and Rec. And obviously we've mm-hmm. watched another movie of his, Sleep Year, as Remy. Uh, we have Monet Mazur as Fiona. Um, she is definitely on Law and Order, I think. Um... Or like I NCIS watch or I something. watch both of them because I like love I love shows <laughs> I love shows like so that. Tell us, Belle. <laughs> I feel like I feel she's like, like she's, she has a reoccurring role on. I think it's Law and Order. She's not like I don't think she's. Yeah, I don't I think, think she's, she's like a permanent Order. member of the cast, but I think she does have a, a recurring role as like a lawyer or something. I feel like I've seen her on it. But I mean, there are mm. so many, like, they've got so many Law and Orders. So the one I mainly watch, yeah. I'm like, we're like digressing to different shows. Um, which one do I watch? I think Law and Order. No, oh, no. SVU, Special Victims Unit. That's the one I love. <laughs> Yay, fun time. What? How can I just, I really don't, I can't watch Laura it. Like, Nordor, Criminal Minds. It's just like NCIS, blood and like yeah. skin stuff everywhere else. <laughs> Anyways. Speaking of Law and Order, the next, um, the next character slash actor that we have is Miss Annie Paris. Is that how you say her name? Who um, is... Morgan Morgan um she mm. is on Law and Order uh she's also all my friends fans over here she was on an episode of Friends um she was I think Sarah or something and she was Joey's date where Joey's like Joey does a oh, shampoo yeah. I don't remember the scene but I remember the line yeah, yeah. um yeah so yeah she's in that and she's also in How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days she's one of the uh, best friend. She's in a lot of things, guys. She's in a lot of rom-coms as well. Um, then we have Will Arnett as Kit. Will Arnett, um, you might know from Arrest, Arrested Development. Um, it's a okay. That's another show you need to watch. Like just the earlier seasons, Bell. Okay. <sighs> this is we'll just see. a podcast of the things that Bell needs to watch. Honestly. Mm, well, we shall see. Um, Elaine Stritch, uh, a, bo- a Broadway slash film icon again, as Gertrude Fields, um, and Stephen Dunham as Dr. Paul Chamberlain. Not really a doctor. Um, so I think I'm going to move on to the facts. Um, there's a really fun fact in here. So, 
Oh, brace okay. yourself. I'm ready. Um, so, I mean, this is like one of the reasons why it's also really well known is because it is Jane Fonda's first film in 15 years um, since the 1990s. Um, and one of the reasons she did this movie is because of the JLo effect. Because she knew a lot of people would, would will watch it because it's got Jennifer Lopez in it. Oh, um, see. Oh. Uh, she also has confessed that the screenplay of the movie wasn't good, but chose it as her comeback vehicle because she knew a lot of people would see the movie. Um, I agree with right. you. Wise, Wise decision. decision. I mean, it made yeah. her. I'm sure it made her a lot of money. So that's not a bad decision at all. Yeah. Um. I think I'm going to save my fun fact for the best, the best for last. Um, okay. <laughs> um, so Jennifer, I'm so, ha- so I think you'll understand that. why, because it's just obviously everything we, okay. Um, so Jennifer Lopez and Michael Vartan's last exes were Ben Affleck and Jennifer Garner, who married each other after breaking up with them. Wow. What a weird coincidence. Um, Jane Fonda said that uh, she based her character on her ex-husband, Ted Turner. Wow, that's not a, clearly not a happy marriage there. Oh. Um, all of the photos of Viola Fields on her table with famous people are real pictures. I mean, I thought it was because it's Jane Fonda. Um, with Oprah Winfrey, Ted Turner, yeah. John Voight and Gloria Steinem. Um, the only doctored item mm. is the cover of Time magazine, which Fonda was set to appear on the cover of. However, Pope John Paul's the second's death in two thousand five took the headline and subsequently the cover. While watching A Nightmare on Elm Street, Jane Fonda asks if anybody f- famous is in the movie because she doesn't know any of them, but she has previously worked with John Saxon. Um, Detective Thompson in the Electric Horseman. I thought that it was probably oh, okay. When in that scene when they were watching movie, I always thought that that was like a Jane Fonda movie or something, but I couldn't. It oh. wasn't clear, so I couldn't really see that it was Nightmare on Elm Street. Um. So yeah. Um. The actress who plays Viola's mother-in-law. So. Um, Gertrude Elaine Stritch um, is only 13 years older than Jane Fonda there we go that's interesting um, see which one. when Viola starts telling Charlie how to plan the wedding shortly after she gets engaged Charlie immediately takes offence but just four years earlier Jennifer Lopez who plays Charlie was a professional wedding planner in the film The Wedding Planner I don't know why that's a fact. <laughs> These are just like things that happened. Um, but saving the best <laughs> for last. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I think yep. everyone's going to know why I love this fact so much. Mark Ruffalo <laughs> was originally offered the okay. male lead, but he declined. There we go. Sorry. That was so anticlimactic. Between him and J-Lo. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's... Yeah, I was just going to say maybe it's an age difference thing, but then I wasn't sure how old he was because I think she's 51. I feel like they're the same age, right? Mark Ruffalo and J-Lo. 
It rings a bell. That movie. So I think Mark Ruffalo is like around Jennifer Aniston's age because they was. So I don't know if you've seen this movie. It's called Rumor Has It, and Jennifer Aniston and Mark Ruffalo are like, um, they like married or something. I don't know. Um, but they have good chemistry. It's about like this, yeah, like this like generation of like mom, like this generation of women in this family have dated the same man or like it's it's really weird it's like they've slept with the same and she doesn't know who her actual father is or something like that it's really weird i'm sure you've I've seen, seen it, it. it i've or... seen it i've seen wait isn't it kevin costner in that movie yeah sorry yeah, yeah i think yeah, yeah yeah but um i just i just had a look i think he's either dad he is the dad mm. i i think it's shirley mcclain's in I've that movie i've seen it well. years ago i watched it years ago Maybe it's not Shirley MacLaine. Maybe I'm just confusing old people. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I think it is. Yeah, so they had really good chemistry. So I could probably imagine mm. that like him and um, Jennifer Aniston would have. I mean, sorry, not Jennifer Aniston. Sorry, Jennifer Lopez. Sorry, I got my Jennifer's confused. Yeah. Shirley MacLaine is in. Mm. Yeah, is in Rumor Has It. She's the grandma or something. Um, oh okay. And I think with that fact, I think um, that's it. I'm going to wrap up my segment. So okay. over to you, Belle. Okay, so we will start as always with the soundtrack. Um, okay, so we've got um, 13 songs on the soundtrack. Um, one of the standout songs was 1963, um, which was by Rachel Yam- Yamagata and Mark. Batson and um, they're quite well renowned Mm. so I just thought it was noteworthy Um, so Rachel is an American singer-songwriter who started her career as a vocalist in a band called Bumpus and then went on to become a solo artist in 2001 in 2007 she toured and collaborated with Mandy Moore Mm. and her songs have actually um, appeared in several shows and movies so um like one tree hill brothers and sisters grays in multiple episodes of gray's anatomy um private (laughs) private practice which is a um like it was basically born from gray's anatomy so it's some um some of the actors from gray's actually left and went to private Mm. practice so i didn't know that there was a show oh did you know that fee I don't. I think oh, it lasted maybe. for about four yeah. seasons or so. I never watched it. I just, yeah, I just knew about it. But yeah, then, um, it was, um, yeah. It, mm-hmm. I think it's a sh- yeah, it is a Shonda Rhimes show that was birthed through Grey's Anatomy, um, and then her Rachel songs have come up in mm-hmm. Vampire's Diaries and lots more, and then Mark Batson. He is an American producer musician and songwriter and um, he's very well known for his work and he's worked with um, lots of artists like Alicia Keys, Leanne Mm -hmm. Rimes, Jay-Z and Beyonce, um, Maroon 5, Dr. Dre, Eminem, um, James Blunt, Nas, Sting, so many people and he composed music for feature them the following feature films Beauty Shop, Ooh, Miami wow. Vice, and American Hustle. Miami Vice. I've never heard of Beauty Shop. 
But yeah, but I've heard of Miami, yeah, Miami Vice and American Hustle. And yeah, and he won a Grammy in 2010 and in 2011 for the best rap album for Eminem's um, um, Eminem's Mm. release um, album release, which was called Relapse and Recovery. So, oh, and he also won um, a Grammy for the best R&B album for Beyonce's album, Dangerously in Love. Of course, the closing song um, of the movie is Stevie Wonder's song, For Once in My Life. And I'm sure, um, I'm sure no one really needs to, needs a rundown (laughs) on who Stevie, Stevie Wonder is. So, yeah, the amazing Stevie Wonder. So there we go. So that's it. Um, that's it for for the soundtrack, and we are going on to the script. So this is a rom com. Um, I found it to be Fee. Um, Fee was actually saying this, and I completely agree one hundred percent. Um, it's more of a mm-hmm. comedy than it is a romance. Personally, I feel like the romantic element is a catalyst for mm. everything that follows, which is a lot of comedy between. um, Jennifer Lopez Mm -hmm. and Jane Fonda and I feel like there's that push push and pull effect is like Jane Fonda pushes and then J-Lo pulls and it's that push like that comedy bouncing from one um, one actress to the other Um, but um, yeah I feel like the romance the romance element was right at the beginning and then we more or less lose it it kind of get it kind of gets lost Mm-hmm. Um, throughout the rest of the movie, I don't know if you. I feel like that the thing. romance was so like but, in the yeah. beginning. It was just so like flighty, and it was like so unbelievable. Yeah, and rushed. so rushed. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. Never would this yeah. happen. I mean, obviously it wouldn't because it's a rom com. But like, really. <laughs> right. Yeah. On fee. Don't worry. Don't. I get into that. I do get into that. Honestly, it it was so rushed. I was like. I, why is yeah. it so sudden like they literally uh, meet and then they like months ahead we don't even know how many months has been but months they're later ma- like, yeah they're like, like a few months later they're, yeah. they're engaged yeah yeah but um yeah um going on to like the more comedic characters of course we've got Wanda Sykes who Brilliant. I feel like if you've watched a Wanda Sykes movie she <laughs> She plays yeah. like a very similar role in a lot of her movies, and I feel like her comedy, her tone yeah. works really well. Edit, and of course you've got the comedy between Jane Fonda and Jennifer Lopez. So, on to Charlie's job roles. I thought it was so unrealistic because she had like five different jobs that she was temping at, and I was like, Yeah, is yeah. that? I don't know. I, I don't. I don't think that was very realistic. I just thought. I didn't. I didn't think My it was thing necessary. Is, if she's a temp, how has she been able to afford the house that they move into? Right. Exactly. Like, exactly. Because I don't know. Maybe it's that. What's the Kevin? Yeah. Name? Kevin. Maybe he has bought it for her, but I mean. No, but it's it's both. Like, it's, it's, I don't know. If they're going yeah, half yeah, because it's both of their home, isn't it? They both move in together. And she's also not even. She hasn't even. Saw yeah, it just didn't add up. It it, it was very. Yeah, there were some inconsistencies this, like, that I feel like they yeah. they glossed over. 
but um Unless she's like yeah, because she's a dog walker. She's a receptionist as yeah. um, at her, what is it, at her doctor's clinic or hospital or something. Um, she's also clinic? yeah, like yeah. It looked like yeah. quite a small clinic. So I think it's like a GP she's a dog walker. Thing. She's like a receptionist at a doctor's practice. She is a yeah. um, she works in hospitality with her friends. Um, she she literally wears so many hats and it's a bit difficult to keep up but yeah i thought that it was unrealistic for one person to be temping and have so many different mm-hmm. jobs i think they were trying to yeah. sell this whole like um like naive like cute nice girl mm. who has like 500 jobs and like she mm-hmm like the nicest person in the world and that's why she does it's like jobs. yeah it's like the underdog gets the exactly you know the yeah. amazing guy yeah yeah Anyways. and then then the script so the um so i just want to start off with um the mother-son relationship i thought it was it was very unhealthy She's um, Jane Fonda's uh, character who was called Viola. She definitely had attachment issues. Um, She was just literally attached to her son and it was just not a healthy dynamic. I don't even think Um, it was like attachment issues to her son. I think it was just like... I mean, maybe I think it was attachment issues now that... Sorry, I'm just going back. Because she pages him like four times a day. Well, plus. Four plus times a day. I think, but it's also catalyst like the catalyst of it is the fact that she gets fired from her show and then like she's like the only thing she has is her son kind of kind of thing and like but then we never ever see like a scene between them two where like they have a, on like a conversation that's true actually like, so it's really hard You're to believe right. their relationship if that makes sense mm-hmm that's know. true that's that yeah that's a really good point the movie suggests yeah. that there's like this close bond between this mother and son but we never actually see yeah like i don't think we ever see a scene where it's just both of them where they have like a one-to-one conversation or like a meaningful yeah. conversation but yeah so yeah it's interesting that you brought that up because that's very true um and i thought the relationship was a bit too intense and just with her son i just thought because even prior to losing her job just going back to your point fee prior to losing her job at the very beginning when she's when she's on her Mm -hmm. way to have the discussion where they say you've you are um so um i just thought that the relationship portrayed between mother and son was just Mm -hmm. way too intense um yeah and yeah going back to your point fee from earlier first scene where we meet her yeah she's not lost her job at that point but she says to she says to her secretary um oh page him again so i don't know if you 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 can remember back he's like oh his mom keeps paging him and then we see a shot of her and she's like oh did he answer oh no okay page him again um so even before yeah even before she gets fired you can see that she's already got a very intense um um kind of parenting um strategy i guess yeah yeah and yeah so yeah i just thought that wasn't a very realistic depiction go ahead for you 
I wouldn't even... Yeah, I wouldn't even say that it's like a dramatization because I feel like this is... Literally, I feel like mo- some mothers do act like this with their sons. I feel like I've do- I've seen hints of this, like, just crazy. Right. Ins- like controlling. Yeah, and mm. just, like, controlling their, ma- like, boys' every move. And then that's yeah. why I think... I mean, obviously, I don't agree with the height, like, the heightened depiction of anxiety on in this movie. It's just... Mm. It, yeah, it makes people with anxiety seem crazy in this movie, which I don't like. But aside from that, her attachment to her son, I think it's bang on because some people do act like that. And I have seen real life examples mm. of how people can go that far for their sons right. and are like to the level where they will drive his fiance out. It's crazy, but it exists. Mm. So that's the one real aspect of the movie. I hope I don't ever be 10 in a motorbike. Oh, that's sad. I hope wow. I never become like that. Please. That? I think there's a general idea that just people seem to have this thing of, oh, mother-in-laws. Like, there's always some kind of negative mindset attached to mother-in-laws, which I think is a, is very unfair. But I feel like in this movie, they played on it to the point that they just... Um, I don't know, it just... The lengths that she went to... Yeah, it was just yeah. too, way too much. I mean, to the point that she knew that Charlie was a alleg- um Jennifer Lopez's character is called Charlie. The point to the point that she knew that Charlie was allergic to nuts but put nuts and in her food. Tried to kill her, yeah. And basically yeah, basically tried to kill her. That and it's crazy. I yeah, I just thought it was too much. Like and it's I think it's quite sad that mother in laws seem to be put in this box. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, it's it's just sad. I think it's a caricature at best and like yes. I think it also 100%. it's because it's coming from a like a man's direction and like oh if a woman had directed this movie mm. I don't think it would have been this like caricature I think it would have literally had like that's interesting like, moments of deep like honest conversations but there's also like crazy moments but like I don't. I mean, I don't think a mother-in-law would ever do something like that. Like I've I've heard crazy mother-in-law stories, mm. but like, I don't think. I mean, I think this is like it's coming from a man's perspective. Like, so right. I don't trust it. If it was, if mm. it was a woman that was directing it, fine. You think a woman would have been a bit more gentle? It would have been more realistic, and like I think it right. might have even improved the storyline if it was more realistic. It might have been like, oh my god, like I've totally had a moment like that with my mother-in-law, or like, mm. oh, I mean, I understand, like, which, but like sh- this is just like depicting her as she's crazy, yeah, she's psychotic because she has anxiety. She's psychotic, yeah. like, doesn't make sense. Anyway. Yeah, yeah and um okay so now going on to the setting so the movie um is mostly set in charlie's charlie and kevin's house and um viola's house so we see a lot of scenes going back and forth between um those those um those settings Mm -hmm. and um then of course the elephant in the room which is that um how quickly their relationship develops and um, we obviously we've touched on that, but yeah, I just thought again the time, the time frame just seemed 
too rushed and too unrealistic. It wasn't believable. Whose relationship? Oh, sorry. This is the relationship between Kevin and Charlie. Yeah, I think it was such an unrealistic. Yeah. That's all I have to say on that. So. Yep. So that is that. And can I just add in something? If you're not engaged for over a year, why you? Why are you getting married? First of all, like they're engaged for weeks and yeah. they get married. I mean, not judging people who have gotten engaged and then got married for weeks. Mm. Fine. I mean, it happens. Like, it happens to be fair. Yeah, but like she, he, this guy's a stranger. Yeah. Practically, like, um, I can't remember if they did have time lapses, but I just they, went from like yeah, oh, they didn't. Yeah, they them. didn't. So Which made it even that's more what it seems to be like strange but um one scene that i did um just to add to what you just said fee one thing that comes to mind is that on the way so at this point there's a scene where close to the beginning where they're engaged and then they're in the car and she's going to meet his mom for the first time and then at that point she's asking him about his dad and it's like she's like tell me about your dad and it's like so you got to the point where you're engaged but you know nothing you I don't really know, know him yeah. yeah so i just thought that was something that they glossed over as well that it it just wasn't yeah it's, it was there was some kind of inconsistency there i feel whereas like she on like the first meeting that they have tells him about her parents yeah and how they died when they she was young exactly and like, it just what? doesn't like, add up in the perfect segue yeah it doesn't add up your, no yeah also, how has she never seen his mum's TV show? Like, if like if your mum, if he, if your mother-in-law or whatever, if the guy you're dating's mum is a public figure, wouldn't you go and just like research her interviews exactly. just to see what kind of person she is? Exactly. I mean, call me crazy. No, I, I think yeah, it's normal. It's like if I don't know if like Oprah's someone's taken his his girlfriend to meet Oprah, and she's like, who is who is Oprah? I've never heard of Oprah. Oh, I'd be yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I feel like it seems like that. Like she's just so naively stupid or like naively nice. I don't know. I don't know if this is stupidity or naivety. Like it, there's nothing. But like yeah, like research yeah. Of, like so like you know so you can chat her up and like get on her good pages. I don't know. That might have <laughs> helped your relationship a little bit. Like she must have she was still crazy yeah. but like you know you could Yeah, I think on, yeah, on that's true. Side. That's another thing I think um, was glossed over. Anyways. So yeah, I think um it just had a lot of gaps. Mm-hmm. Like the movie just had a lot of gaps. It was just like, oh, what's happening For now? Sure. And then it just jumps from one thing to another thing. Yeah. Yeah. And now for the yeah. critics, I mean, there's not much to say with the critics. Um, I mean, most of them were negative reviews. They um, but what they a lot of what they said was um. They tended to like Jane Fonda, who is obviously an iconic um, actress. Yeah. yeah but the thing is, they didn't think good. this was a good movie f- if, for her comeback. They thought it was quite poor, which I agree with. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, another thing was, I mean, yeah, that was the positive thing that they tended to say. But um, a lot of them just used this a lot of them repeatedly used this word they thought it was stupid just thought it was stupid a lot of them used that word 
it just kept coming up um a lot of the critics thought it was just stupid like they literally repeated the word stupid and um right exactly and um a lot of them thought it was lifeless didn't really um yeah i i just they just seemed to like the performance the actual actors playing the role but didn't seem to enjoy the script or the plot or anything they just thought the plot wasn't very well written yeah i mean i guess this movie made her a bit that mother-in-law role was very like you said yeah made it made her into some kind of caricature and i think that that worked against the movie because it's just too much it's just a a lot of over the over the top moments but there we go hi everyone it's fee here um as i've been editing this episode we um the audio has been abrupted by a really annoying cackling sound um which is why i've had to cut this episode um short um to 40 minutes um and unfortunately all our audio has kind of gone to hell quite literally um sorry about this um unfortunate incident um but i think i just kind of want to relay the ratings of this movie um so from bell it was a one out of five and i think for me it's a one out of five too um I think it's an easy watch, but some of the plot lines, you know, didn't kind of make sense. Um, and it was just kind of all over the place, to be honest. Um, but again, apologies for this disruption. Um, I thought I'd just kind of get in there on behalf of Belle and I and just apologize. Um, and yeah, um, I uh, we hoped you liked watching monster-in-law um maybe you liked it more than us um so do let us know about it on our social media channels um it our instagram and our twitter um is always at flick talk pod um our email address is at flick talk podcast the number one at gmail.com you can send in anything you want um no hate comment please um you can send in any questions queries whatever you have um in relation to the episode or in relation to our podcast overall um the next uh, few episodes are going to be very interesting um and which is why i kind of had to make a semi announcement um it's my birthday in may um the third of may to be very specific so what we're going to do is have a selection of my favourite movies um, and we're going to have a little chat about them with some special guests. Yay, that's always fun and exciting. So stay tuned. Um, we'll obviously let you know about our first episode um, when it goes. Again, you can always find that information on Twitter, on Instagram. And yeah, we'll let you know and we'll see you there. If you want to send me gifts, you can't. Just donate to a charity instead. Um, uh, all just aside. Um, but yeah, um, again, sorry for this disruption um, in the episode. But we'll see you with the first kind of birthday special episode. 
Um, we're still kind of in lockdown, so stay safe. Um, take care, and yeah, see you in May. Bye.